Ka. It means holy worship. Join me, your host, Robert Randall, as we delve into biblical instrumentation and music history to discover the sounds behind the words of our Savior, Yeshua Messiah. It is I, your host, Robert Randall, once again, coming to you today from a very cold, blizzardy Colorado Springs. And before we jump into our main topic, I'd like to ask for a prayer request for a Pastor Parsha, a man who converted from Islam to Christianity, and upon going into a shopping mall to grab a cup of coffee, he had a dialogue with some Muslims who inquired as to why he converted to Christ. A woman overheard the conversation and went to mall security, claiming that the pastor was solicitizing. And upon exiting the coffee shop, mall security arrested Pastor Parsha. So please be in prayer for him uh, as he rejoices in tribulation amidst, uh, amidst chains and behind bars. Father, we pray for your joy amidst tribulation. Father, we especially pray for Pastor Parsha, especially those enslaved to the spiritual slavery of Islam, as well as, as those who are in physical slavery around the world to Islam itself. Brutal physical slavery. Father, we dedicate this time to you now. And we ask that your Holy Spirit, that Ruach HaKodesh that dwells in all believers' flesh, that you would manifest yourself. We would hear your voice in the midst of this teaching, that you would speak and minister to our hearts and minds, that we would be echad in you and you in us, as we uncover the sounds behind our Master, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Jumping straight into our topics of the Nabel and the Nabel Azor. The Nabel is a harp of medium size, portable, which has been found on occasion with a resonance box or in the traditional harp shape with the exception of a missing third side for support. The instrument is made of firwood or almagwood. Dr. Steiner says of the woodwork, the bells are, like kinors, were made of firwood and almug. Almug or algum, perhaps the red sandalwood of India which Steiner cites from See Plants in the Bible by Sir Joseph Hooker, which is from, from Spottis Wood's Sunday School Teacher's Bible. The difference between the Nabel and the Nabel Azor is that the Nabel has eight strings, while the Nabel Azor, pronounced Adzor by some, the larger of the two has ten strings. While some see eight as the number of the heavens, or the Father's number, in a more Christian sense within the Trinity, both the Kinor and the Nabel use the number eight as an octave, which is traditionally in music, on the eighth, or a tetrachord, one note or more, in harmony or a triad. The Kinor is played on a single-stringed instrument, while the Nabel is believed to have been made in more a chordal manner. The Hebrew word nehema, primitive root of zamar, is roughly translates from the strongs to strike a chord. Some nabels had two strings for one pitch, 
hence a tetrachord. Within its religious functions, the nabel would have been played before the Ark of the Covenant by Levites during processions and would have been a key instrument in use. First Chronicles chapter 15 details the procession of Levites and those who are musicians with string instruments. The same is recounted in chapter 25. Moreover, David and the captains of the host separated to the service of the sons of Asaph and of Haman and of Jeduthum, who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries, and with cymbals, and the number of, as the number of the workmen according to their service was. First Chronicles 25, 1. King David is mentioned as being an inventor of instruments. In the book of Amos, it is shown that Israel had some influence from other nations. Chapter 6 records this. The Sumerians chant to the sound of the Nabel and invent to themselves instruments of music like David. Amos 6, verse 5. Isaiah sings a song to the Lord witnessing to men who use the sacredness of wine improperly with instruments. Woe to them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, to wine and flame them, and the kinor, and the nabel, and the toph to bret, and the ugab organ, and wine are in their feasts, and they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Yeshiahu, Isaiah 5, verses 11 and 12. The last sentence of this passage would seem to suggest that God takes part in the playing of instruments through the musicians themselves and wants music to be respected without drunken influence. The Nabel has a fitting place as our second instrument, being found in the latter book of 1 Samuel, chapter 10, verse 5, where Samuel speaks to then Saul before he is made king prophesying to him, After that you shall come down to the hill of El, where there is a garrison of the Palestinian, and it shall happen when you are come there to the city, that you shall meet a band of Nevaim coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tambourine and a pipe and a harp before them, and they will be prophesied. Various translations translate the English word psaltery differently. Certainly the books of Nehemiah and Psalms do this, with the exception of Psalm 71 verse 22, which says, I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I sing praises to you with the lyre, Holy One of Israel. Linguistically, the Greek Septuagint, the LXX, names the Nabel in various forms, while in Latin it is identified as the Nablium, the Nablum, or the Nabel. It also is considered in Jerome's Latin Vulgate, he terms it the Salterium Decum Cordarum, or, the, or also he terms it the Decacordo Salterio. Those are tongue twisters. The authorized King James Bible, the English renditions, come out as psaltery, psalm, lute, or vial. Dr. Steiner says of these first of these is by far the most common in the authorized version, and it is no doubt the most correct translation if the word is understood in its true sense as a portable harp. The debate over its shape and classification ran in two streams. Was the Nabel a harp or a lyre? Certainly, the Kunor had enough controversy surrounding it, but the psaltery? Where does it belong? 
Its late inclusion in the, in the biblical text would seem to suggest that it was an inspiration of Phoenician origin, as Israel had several periods of captivity by these iron-wielding Grecians. To say it was a psaltery or a heart presents the traditional large or small triangular shapes Westerners envision. Its association with the Egyptian tof, the tambourine, trumpet, shofar, are well known, yet some persist, stating that the nebel could have been in African Kushite origin. The nanga having a form between a harp and a guitar. A distinction is that such an instrument with longer strings across a box or resonance box would have a deeper tonality among its strings, distinguished from the canor. Classifying instruments by name alone is shaky hermeneutical ground. One lazy method is used by the King James translators in Psalm 31 verse 2, Isaiah 5 verse 12, Amos 6 verse 5, which says, Lie in beds of ivory, eat lambs out of, out of the flock, drink wine in bowls, and chant to the sounds of the vial. Amos 5.23 says, Take thou away from me the noise of thy song, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials, all identified as Nebel in Hebrew. Similarly, Psalms 144.9, the translators carelessly use the word lute. Dr. Steiner says, But it is nearly always dangerous to argue from the from the derivation of names of instruments. For instance, what could the musical historian of a thousand years hence gather of the construction of a harmonium, a seraphine accordion, or euphonium from the, from the derivation of their respective names? Or how much from the word pianoforte, the soft loud? Some have carried this misguided principle so far as to say that because Nebel prays from rounded vase or leather bottle, that it would therefore answer the description of a bagpipe. That is at least an ingenious theory, but fortunately, a well-defined title is given to the bagpipe. Yet, pottery has shown harps played much like guitars with resonance boxes being played against the musician's shoulder and with this in mind, the importance of how the instrument was played to present a valid classification. For the Egyptians, the invention of the kithara was their version of the lyre, not a guitar, despite its Italian name for the latter, as we shall see. Playability and shape are more adequate to concluding the origin of, of this instrument, to which Steiner concludes, with regard to the possible relation of the kinor to these long-necked instruments, it may unhesitatingly be said that it was probably less long in the neck, but having a somewhat large resonance box. The portability of the canor, to which its length and existence was greatly due, would certainly militate against the idea of its being constructed with three or four feet of fragile neck. Assuming, then, that these interesting instruments were not identical with the canor, nor the nabel in the former case because of their fragile form, in the latter because they were unknown to nations who were familiar with the Nobel. We are led to the conclusion that the Nobel itself, the venerable harp, was the venerable harp of the Hebrews. It could not have been large because, as will be noticed hereafter, it so frequently is mentioned in the Bible as being carried in processions. The author stands with the hermeneutics of where the instrument first appeared in the book of Samuel, 
whether it was originally invented by the Hebrews or incorporated by another influencing culture, is of no consequence. What is important to understand, whether or not it was indeed of Greek or Hebraic roots, that it is within the string family, and after such kind has taken an evolution that cannot be traced to certain origins in shape or linguistic roots. For a good remainder of the program, we're going to listen to the BBC documentary, The Harp, presented by a former harpist of the Prince of Wales, where we will get to hear one of the earliest Christian renditions of the harp, still used in Ethiopian religious procession today, called the Nanga. In its simplest form, it probably developed from the huntsman's bow. Many pictures, carvings, and statues of early harps have survived from ancient Egypt, Assyria, and Mesopotamia. But nearly 80 years ago, there was a fascinating discovery. In 1929, archaeologists from Pennsylvania, the British and Baghdad Museum made a most remarkable find. Eighty feet down, in a grave, what seemed to be a royal grave, in Ur, in present-day Iraq, they discovered a grave of 46 courtiers, who had gone to their death, apparently committing suicide with their queen. Amongst the graves, there were three or four harps, lions. These harps were approximately 5,000 years old, older even than the pyramids and Stonehenge. Technically speaking, they were lyres, but harps and lyres belong to the same family of instruments, sharing a similar sound and playing technique. Andy Lowings has spent years recreating one of these beautiful instruments, sourcing the exact same raw materials and making it possible for us to hear the sound of the original harp. they still play an instrument which is very similar to the one discovered in Iraq. Ethiopians believe that this was the instrument King David played to Saul in the Old Testament. I've come here to Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia, to meet the master of this ancient instrument, Alamu Aga. Uh, it is caused by this laser uh, 
pieces yeah. which are called the buzzers. Right. And so when you move them up and down, yes. for example, maybe you can see when the string comes in touch with the bridge, uh -huh. it, it, it creates a buzzing sound. For example, now it is not buzzing. Right. When I move it down, and it rests on the... Oh, now it buzzes. Yeah, I see. Okay, so you can control the buzzing then? Yes. That's something you control. Can you show me show me how to play? Okay, use your left hand. It has to come on this shoulder? Yes. So it has to be like this. Right. So you have to touch your hand. Yes, fine. So I'll make you uh, show me the position of the fingers. This one, this, here, this. And this one, here, like this, down like that. Yeah. So this finger plucks this one and rests on this one. So it's I see. Yes, like that. All these four fingers, yeah. they plug uh, towards you, except the thumb. Yeah. Again, yes, like that. So you start from the lowest tone to the highest. This I'll one? show you. No, with this one. Okay. Yes. All right. Then with this one, the middle finger. Then uh, the thumb. Then... <laughs> the lyre was prevalent throughout Europe in the early centuries of the first millennium and was often used for the accompaniment of court poetry, such as the Godovin, an early epic Welsh poem dating from the 6th century. The triangular harp, that is a harp with a front pillar as we would recognise it today, first appears in Europe in the 8th or 9th century, in the far north of Britain. Now, the Picts were a tribe of people in the highlands of Scotland right. and in the lowlands, but they didn't leave any written language. Instead, they left some beautiful carved stones which present images of objects they knew, animals, birds, humans, and indeed harps appear there. The harps that they show are very simple ones. They tend to be triangular, right. having um, straight arms and straight pillars and um, they're sometimes being shown played by people sitting in chairs or just freely floating in, in the, the, the scenery. Um, it's interesting that there's about a dozen representations of harps on these stones and they all are found on Christian stones. knows what these early Pictish harps would have sounded like. None survived and the carvings are not detailed enough to allow us to recreate them. However, this is the sound of the Bray harp, the harp that would have been common across Europe. As always, Body and Messiah, I leave you with a final meditative Tehillim for your prayer and supplication. Psalm chapter 6. Have mercy on me, O Yehovah, for I am weak. O Yehovah, Heal me, for my bones are dismayed. My soul is also sorely dismayed. Return, O Yehovah, deliver my soul. Save me for your mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who shall give you thanks? I am weary with my groaning all the night. I make my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. 
My eye is consumed because of grief. It waxes old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For Yehovah has heard the voice of my weeping. Yehovah has heard my supplication. Yehovah will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and sorely dismayed. When trouble comes into your life and enemies surround you, when it seems that there is no way of escape from torment, God always arises to deliver you. And when you call upon His name, believing within your heart that Yehovah hears your prayers, Elohim will bring you shalom, peace, in the midst of every storm. Have faith in El and wait for His deliverance. Remember in your daily worship and meditation to make a joyful noise unto Yeshua and to praise Him with all your heart and love Him. And now, if you'd like to contact me and leave some comments or ask some questions about the show, here's some contact information. If you'd like to find out more about your host, you can go to my official website at robertrandallmusic.com where you can read my bio and see the various projects that I've worked on for uh, With One Accord Ministries as well as listen to my albums. My first album, That Perfect Moment, a solo piano relaxing album with background orchestration of original composition works, an EP, as well as my second album, which is a classical piano album called A Classical Baroque Musician, featuring some of the most well-known beloved classical pieces from three genres of classical composers, including Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, and Chopin. You can also find me on social music media on Soundbirth app, which allows musicians to collaborate as well as promote their music on Spotify and YouTube and get advice from music managers on how to better their craft and their uh, their ability to be a better musician. You can also find me on bandlab.com at Robert Randall Music. You can also find me on soundtrap.com or the Soundtrap app. Robert Randall Music. Soundtrap is a digital audio workstation allowing for aspiring musicians to create audio content via loops or through live instruments, as well as connect with musicians all over the globe on the Skype platform and the chat platform to create works of art in music, as well as podcast content creation for distribution on the Spotify platform. Whether you're a solo musician, a band, or an aspiring content creator, Soundtrap is the platform for you. Also, if you're an educator wanting to teach your class using the creative arts, Soundtrap is also a great way to teach your students in a very fun and creative environment. Finally, brethren, we are not here without your precious prayers and financial support. To Hebrew Nation Radio, Intervision FM, and our podcast providers. Hebrew Nation Radio is a 501c3 ministry, a radio broadcast, and a bookstore delivering the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom prophetically for our name, destiny, calling in the body of Christendom, and delivering the Torah to the nations to those curious about the Hebraic roots of the Christian faith. Hebrew Nation Radio, building a nation, not a denomination, now reaches a million visitors every day on HebrewNationOnline.com, on the Hebrew Nation app, 
as well as on the Hebrew Nation Online podcast and the newest engagement in our Mighty Network's Hebrew Nation Online community. We'd like to thank Roland and the crew for all that they've done to support Holy Worship. You can also listen to Holy Worship as an individual podcast on whatever podcast platform that you get your podcast provided on. If you enjoy Holy Worship, the music of the Bible, please consider making a donation at the link included at every podcast description of every episode on the podcast to keep us going with our podcast provider on Anchor.fm. We'd also like to thank Johnny Johnson and crew at Intervision.fm for also broadcasting our podcast every Friday at 5.30 p.m. on Intervision.fm. Intervision.fm is an online radio station broadcasting us on KINV-DB Internet Radio on Live 365 on the 365 app and website for Internet Radio. Intervision.fm recently won the 2021 Denver Honoree of of the Mayor's Award for Excellence in the, the Arts and Culture. And that has been an award that's been presented since 1986. You can find Johnny Johnson and crew on YouTube or on various Denver TV networks as well as on intervision.fm and uh, listen to their radio station and watch their YouTube show as well every Wednesday. Thank you so much, uh, guys, for allowing Holy Worship to be broadcast on Intervision FM. It is a unique opportunity as well for those who are in the blind and visually impaired community and those with uh, various disabilities to be able to learn the ability to broadcast their content, be it music or podcasting, on online radio. And Intervision FM works with its mission to educate people with disabilities to have a voice uh, in the Denver community. So we thank Intervision FM for all that they're doing, uh, especially for someone who resonates with their vision to help people with disabilities to have a voice, uh, not only for the gospel of Christ, but for those seeking to have a voice through the soul and, and operation of music. And thank you everyone for listening today, and I hope that you have a blessed Sabbath. And until next time, I'm Robert Randall, signing out. Be blessed, everyone. Mm-hmm.